I was born for his service. He filled me with purpose. Take your time while you worship him. I'm unplugged from the matrix. Believe without seeing, I'm plugged into the faith trick. The Daily Perspective. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daily, and with me, I have my co-host, Dr. Johnson. Dr. Johnson. <laughs> right. And today we would like to give a shout out to our viewers on YouTube, listeners on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, uh, wherever you wherever you are. Wherever you are, we want to give you a shout out. We want to thank you for um, all those people that are hitting the like button, the subscribe button. Thank you, people downloading. We appreciate it. So before we move on, go ahead and smash that like and subscribe button right now. Press that button um, and <laughs> jump into the comments and leave us some feedback, get in touch. We want to hear your voice. Um, so today's topic, today's topic. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Why why am I suddenly going blank? <laughs> Terrence, do you know what today's topic is? <laughs> I know we talk. I know. <laughs> no I one know. is self-made. <laughs> there it is. Look, that, don't, don't feel bad. I've done it before too. Man, man, I was like, I know I was just looking at this. I know I was just looking at this. What is today's topic? So today's topic, <laughs> no one is self-made. Um, and I think in, in a, with where we are today in society, this is a, this is a relevant topic, I think, because um, in a lot of people's mind, a lot of people go out there and they say, oh, look what I did, look what I built, look at, look at my empire, look, look what I've created. And um, a lot of people take the glory for themselves. But the reality is, um, all these people, if you look through, if you look down the line, at some point, they have had the support and help of someone. There is no one in this world, and I know the world likes this term, self-made millionaire, self-made businessman, self-made this, self-made that. The reality is no one in this world is self-made because to get to anywhere in life, not just physically you need people, but spiritually you need people. Mentally you need people. At some point in your life, you will need some level of support. No man is an island. No man is self-sustaining. Um, just in the way that we were, we were created. And I, I wasn't even thinking of going here with this, but if we take it right back to creation, um, God created Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will create him a help me. And he created Eve. So even in the way that God created us, there was no part of his design that intended for someone to be an island, to be self-made, to be all, all things to themselves. Then to take it to another level, 
God filled the Garden of Eden with everything that they needed. And that was God. So, the, you know, there's, there's a term in um, Christian theology that's the law of first mention. And it's, it's important to, to realize that when, you know, when God mentions that he created and provided all things, it's significant there. Because what God is setting out right at the outset in the Bible is that I will be all things to you. I will provide all that you need. I will be Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is laying it. He's laying it out right at the beginning, right at the outset of the Bible. So this notion that we can be self-made, this idea that we can be all things to ourselves, we can be an island, we do not need anyone to survive, we do not need anyone to sustain us, we do not need anyone to lift us up and to help us. Doesn't make any sense. So that's, that's my initial thought. And that wasn't even where I was looking to start, but that's what came to me right now. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> I, I'm okay, you know. About to start I, I know you're about to connect in dots. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> so, what you just said is the reason why we're not self-made because we didn't make ourselves. So you said from the very beginning, God created us. So God created Adam. From Adam, He created Eve, but Adam didn't create Eve. So even at the beginning, God created both of them. Yes. So then you go and, and what I thought about the scripture where it said that you know we were bought with a price. Anything that you buy, you have ownership of. So if we were bought with a price, then God has ownership of us. Right. So then it would then lead into, and I had wrote this down earlier. You know, when we make ourselves, we answer to ourselves. Yep. But if, but if we're God made, we answer to God. So a lot of us want to be self made because we don't want to have to answer to God. Right. Right. Exactly what I was thinking. Because then we know that we can't do certain things and we can't operate how we want to. Because if you are God made, then you will do things that's reflective of Him. When you're self-made, you want to do things that reflect of, of you and then right. shines light and brings attention towards yourself. But if you're God-made, then the focus is not on what you can get from something, but how can that help other people? So it's an outward kind of view for things. But if you're about self, it's always going to be back to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Here we so, go. Come on. Yeah, come so, on. So, so you took me right back to, to, to the first ever episode. First ever episode when we were talking about in this world and not of this world. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about um, the reason we are, not, we are not of this world is because of he mm -hmm. who is in us. And when we focus on ourselves and what to do what we want to do that's when we start to do what is so-called worldly or whatever and it's just 
It's the same thing with this. The heart is where it starts. Where is your focus? Where do you want that attention to be? How do you want to justify your actions? Because if you are, as you say, God-made, your actions must be justifiable before God. Everything you do must fall within what God rubber stamps, what God says, I am pleased with. But if you're self-made, then you assume the position of God in your own life. And therefore, you, as you say, you only answer to yourself and you rubber stamp every decision you make. So if you, wanted, if you want to do something underhanded, that's okay, because I've rubber stamped it. As God in my life, I have rubber stamped this. If, I do, if you want to do something, if you want to cheat a widow out of what is rightfully hers, if you want to go out and do, commit a murder, do whatever, I've rubber, I've rubber stamped this. As long as I, what I do allows me to further my own agenda, it is okay. Whereas in the eyes of God, God's like, no, you, you can't do that. That's, we don't get down like that. You've got to go my way. You've got to listen to me. You've got to submit to me. Trust in me, go down my path. I know that road looks nice and wide and easy to, to maneuver down, but I want you to take this real narrow path that, where you got to watch every single step that you take. There is a reason why I want you to take this path. But we don't like that. So, no, God, I'm so, so it's me. This is me. This is all me. So I decide I'm going that way. It's right back to that. Everything we do, um, even the dots are still coming back, dude. I'm talking, um, even when we talked about temptation and, and, and temptation being a distraction from our purpose. Why did we, why do we allow it to be a distraction from our purpose? Because we justify the temptation. We decide that, 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 no, it's okay for that to distract me because it fits within my parameters. We call it temptation because it's outside of God's parameters. Otherwise it wouldn't be temptation. But as soon as it falls outside God's parameters, it's temptation. Within our, within our parameters, it's acceptable. <laughs> that's, that's the difference right there. So, mm -hmm. you know, everything we do, once, as soon as we decide that we are self-made, it means that there is no boundary to what we are allowed to do or what we are capable of doing. Um, and that's not, that's not capable in the sense of, you know, our ability to achieve something. That's ca mm -hmm. capacity in the perverse sense. There is no limit to the perversion that we would allow to our purpose to achieve our own self-driven goal. I'm going to let you go because I, I can see your mind working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing out while you was talking. Uh, okay. So, okay. I'm trying to go through the different layers of what I want to say. So I'll work backwards. I'll go from, from what you just were talking about back to the start of what you said. So with the, with the temptation and you were saying about not having boundaries, um, 
it's it's because whatever you make then you make it in order to to suit you so if i was somebody that was building something i'm gonna build it in a way that it makes things more comfortable for me yeah things that god makes he doesn't care about our comfort he cares about our growth but also he he he's focused on what we produce so yeah you think about trees or fruit or different things like that it has to be cultivated the land around it has to have certain nutrients and everything else to feed it because if not it won't produce or if what it does produce it doesn't have any sustenance sustenance behind it so you can eat it like mm, it didn't taste good or, mm, something about that <laughs> nah, i don't yeah. want that like, yeah, yeah so it doesn't have that, that taste to it but and so that's what temptation does it kind of it kind of rushes us or it speeds up, it's us speeding up the process. So I don't know why this is coming to me like that, but so just like with, you know, at that time with Abram and Sarah, you know, yeah. they wanted us, but they got impatient and tried to rush it. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Lord, I know you said you're going to promise me this, but we want to go make this happen right now. And what they got was an illegitimate version of the blessing that they would. Yep. Yep. And so a lot of times that's what happens with us when we rush God, we get an illegitimate blessing. But one, so this is what I wrote down. So if God did not ordain it, you have to sustain it. Mm. I'm going to say that again. I'm saying again, if God did not ordain it, you have to you have to sustain it. Yeah. So how many times have we done things that we like, oh, well, the Lord told me this or whatever, or I felt this. And we knew that's not what God wanted us to do. But we went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Then the burden of it came on us. Like, well, God, can you help me? He's like, no, nah, that's what you this yeah, what you wanted. It's on you. <laughs> What do what you wanted, and so you know the things that God does ordain, then He will sustain it. Yeah. So a lot of the things that we might feel like, I mean, just you know, taping like what you what you want to do as far as you know building the network for the podcast and doing that. That that's something that God kind of gave to you, but if He gave it to you, He'll sustain it. What we do is God to tell us how to tell us to do something, and we try and figure out how we will sustain it. It's like, yeah. I don't this, I, I, I need that, and he just do this. Yeah, <laughs> I will take care, or I will sustain it because I ordained it. Yeah, and sometimes it's the weight that makes us jump, jump in front of God, and be like, oh, I got it, God. I, okay, I just started, but I, I got it. And then we have to sustain it. And then it becomes a burden. And the thing that was supposed to be our blessing becomes our burden because we didn't allow God to then sustain it. 
Yeah. <sighs> so. <laughs> yeah. Ah, we, so many, so many thoughts, so many thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First one. Okay. Abraham and Sarah and mm-hmm. and the the illegitimate child of mm-hmm. Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened when you birthed it? As you said, you have to sustain it. Abraham was responsible mm-hmm. for sustaining it. Then right. Sarah got upset. She was mad as hell, even though she was the one that mm-hmm. orchestrated the, the whole thing. She told him, mm-hmm. yo, you can have her as your side piece, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and then she got mad. So And they were like, why would you do what I tell you to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> how, dare you, how dare you do that? Yeah. So, but what happened off the back of that, as you said, they created something illegitimate. And what happened? In the future, that illegitimate blessing worked in conflict to their legitimate blessing. Say that again. That's a point. Say it again. The illegitimate illegitimate blessing worked in conflict to their legitimate blessing, meaning they created something that made their own legacy more difficult to sustain. Not for them to sustain. They made it more difficult in terms of it achieving its purpose because Mm -hmm. it constantly then had conflict with this nation that was born out of their illegitimate child. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we are attempting to be self-made, we create something that will work against our own blessing and our own purpose. So what God is trying to make in us, our self-made attitude starts to break down and put barriers up and, and fence it in and restrict its growth. We choke it out. We, we literally start to choke out our own blessings because we are trying to be self-made. So that was, that was the first one that hit me. Then you said something else, um, which went right back to my, my scripture. So I went, my first scripture I went to was Psalm 1271. And that was, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builder, of the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, um, guarding it with sentries will do no good. And, you know, we've all heard that. We've heard, all heard that scripture said or paraphrased in different ways on, unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. But do we really understand what that means? Because we throw it out there. We all say it. Oh, unless the Lord builds a house. It's not enough to just say, unless the Lord builds a house. You have to live it out. Meaning, you may believe that you are a skilled tradesman in whatever you are building. But unless God tells you to put that brick where you've put it, then you, your effort of putting that brick there, as skilled as you are, is still in vain. So li- living it out, living out that scripture of letting God build the house means sometimes you've got to go against what is natural, 
But that's the same thing the Bible tells us, that God's wisdom is not the same as man's wisdom. That the, 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 um, the, is it a, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God? Or is it, or, um, or is it foolish? The foolishness of God is, 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 something, is wiser than the wisdom of man. Something, something I think it was the yeah. second one. But yeah. it's basically saying, we stupid. <laughs> compared, to, compared to God's wisdom, or even compared yeah. to God's foolishness, our wisdom is stupidity. Mm-hmm. So when we get in our, when we start to get in our, in, in our own feelings and thinking, well, I know how to do this. I know how to build this. I know how to, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm experienced. This, this is my lane. Look, mm-hmm. God, God, let me do this. And we start to try to orchestrate and build and start to lay foundations we lay foundations in sinking sand. We lay foundations in the, the, the worst way. We go against, it's like, so I may be a skilled con, um, construction worker. I may be a skilled builder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a skilled house builder. Yeah, that's it. So I've been building houses for however long. But every single time I've built a house, I've had the architect's plans to work from. But this time I'm gonna say, because I've got 15, 20 years experience of building a house, I don't need no plans. I don't need, no, Mr. Architect, I don't need your plans, I'm good. I'm gonna build this house. So I build the house. What's gonna happen? Nothing is gonna be up to code. Because whilst I may have worked in my best capacity to make things up to code, I do not know anything about the calculations. I do not know anything about the structure um, of how to structure that house in the best way to achieve the purpose of the person that, that the house is being built for. The architect is the one that has the vision, but working, he, so he gives me the plan and the skill that has been poured into me allows me to carry out the vision of the architect. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... So you you know you talking my language right now because you know I, I I used to be that used to be my major architecture so you yeah. talking my language <laughs> so, yeah 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 so, okay so one thing and you you eventually got there uh, and I was gonna mention it but you said it so then I'm gonna reiterate it about the foundation so no matter what you want to build if you don't have the right foundation it doesn't matter what you build on top of it right and then it falls. Uh, and so you can make it the best design. It could be, you know, all kind of glass and wood and look nice and all that kind of stuff. But if it in the foundation of the thing, that's not, uh, it's not something that's pretty. Your your foundation is something that's very standard. It's concrete or whatever else. Or if you build it up, it might be on a platform. But it's not the foundation, not for looks. Yeah thing you do around it is for looks the aesthetics of it but the foundation is built to 
to structure things and to then take the weight of what you put on top of it. Right. So if you're talking about building something, God can hold the weight of what you're building off of that. But if he's not the foundation, then it's not solid. Because you build your foundation on people, you know it will fall. Yeah. People will be with you and then not be with you and they'll roll with you. They'll see the vision, but then they said, oh, well, you know what? I want to do my own thing. And so then they go. But God is the only foundation that stands. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. But if you build it on anything else, it may be solid for a while. But, and like I said, I don't know if it's, it's, it's the same where, you know, where you are as far as the ground, but in the South, you know, it has clay. So a lot of times people have foundation problems with their house because over time, the earth underneath your house shifts. So then you start to get cracks in your walls and all that. Then you have to get your foundation repaired. Yeah. Because what was once solid now has shifted. Yeah. So you have to get a house underpinned. So you have to spend money on it because if you don't, then everything will collapse. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. And so, but that's what will happen with us when we try and rush it and not allow God to be our foundation. Then you just we rush it. And we set up a foundation. I'll, I'll say it and then I'll, I'll let, we could come okay. back to it. Okay. You just, okay. Came, okay. you just put a picture in my head. So in the UK, what you're talking about is called subsidence. When, mm-hmm you start to get the, the foundations are damaged or wrong mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you start to get the cracks. No mm-hmm. insurance company, no home insurance company in the UK likes to insure a home with subsidence. So if you take that, you cannot insure something that is built on a dodgy foundation. That's all I'm gonna say with that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put that back. I can't. I can't go there with it now. But I'm gonna say. It. <laughs> That's what I said. Put it. Put, yeah. put it to the back. Put it. Put it to the back, and then we come back to it. <laughs> I'll put it back here, and then I'm gonna come back to that. So, but the other thing you were talking about was the plans and the architect. So most people think that it's the builder or the construction worker or whatever, but to build anything is a collaborative project. So even if you are the one with the vision, your vision would not build it. Your vision will be how it's constructed. Yeah. But you're not the one that's really doing a lot of the manual labor. If you are in the vision piece of it. But then you got people that's gonna do the work, you got electricians, you got, you know, depending on the project, you got engineers, you got all these different landscape people, all yeah. these different yeah. people that's in and out people that tile doing plumbing all that type of stuff roofing and so that one thing that was a vision for one person now involves a whole team of people just to complete one project yeah so how can you be how can you be self-made when you didn't make what you said to the self was made how can, how can you be self-made when nothing that you have accomplished has been solo? Yeah. It's always in partnership with other people. Yeah. 
and I, that's how you learn because then if i'm a if i'm a tile person then that might be my specialty but then if the painters come in they might say like oh hey well this is what you can do the next time or you might be so then i can cross train now i'll pick up things that i didn't know about yeah i didn't i didn't stay in my lane I was informed by the people that was on my team. So now we all grow and we learn new things. Okay, yeah. go I, I was just gonna say, so for anyone that's, that's ever done a reno project, it's, the house is the perfect analogy for why no man is self-made. Mm -hmm. A reno project from, so we've done two. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll use the second one because with the, the second one, I did the plans. So I did, mm -hmm. I did the, the layout, the floor plans for the, for the property. I did, I designed where the new, where we were going to shift the bathroom from downstairs and move it upstairs and how we were still going to keep three bedrooms mm -hmm. where the doors had to go to make sure that, mm -hmm. that, that we could, you know, the flow was correct and you could get the, the, the airflow through the house how we, um, I, but, but, so I designed where the bathroom was going to go. Mm -hmm. Then I needed the builder to talk to me, to, to, to work with me, to understand how we were, because we were moving the bathroom from downstairs, we needed to get the waste pipe to the front of the house. Mm -hmm. And it had to go through the house to get out the back and connect with the main waste. And we had to get the, 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 the angle right so that things wouldn't get stuck. Because if we had it too flat, then the waste wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. So I needed his expertise there. And then we needed to put some, because we were taking out some chimney stacks, we needed to get struck, uh, get a bit structural, so we needed someone to work out to to manufacture some new lintels to put in to support the weight of the of the chimney stack that we'd removed from underneath the chimney. So to hold up the the remaining part of the chimney that still projected from the roof, we needed to put in a new lintel. Then we needed a roofer to to fix the roof, and sort out the gaps that we put into the roof. Mm -hmm. Then we had to patch up the, the back door that we removed and, and we shifted across. So we needed to patch up this hole that we'd made in the back of the house and put a window in there. So we got new different skills in. Then I had to get an electrician in to do a complete rewire of the property. Then I had to get a plumber in to do the first fixings of the plumbing and getting all of the radiators and all that stuff in. And also, between all of that, even right down to the demolition part, I had laborers in to do part of the heavy demo work that I couldn't do myself on my own. So in order for that project, just starting the project, I needed other people. In the middle of the project, I needed other people. At the end of the project, even when the house was complete, I then needed other people to help market the property to, to an audience. Nothing about that project 
was just me. It was mine. It was my name all over it. It was my com- It was our company name all over it. But that required the work of so many individuals to make that come to. And we're not even talking about the solicitors that got involved. We're not talking about the finance organisations that that funded the project. We're not talking about all the different ancillary pieces that needed to be brought together to make the thing come. To- to make it work. The, the truth of the matter is, without, with, if any of those pieces, just as we talked about the posture yes, uh, last week, if any of those pieces were out of alignment, just like when you said, just if one vertebrae is out, then that's gonna, that's gonna put you in a bad position, that's gonna cause pain. In the same mm-hmm. way, if one, any of those pieces weren't in the right place, that whole project would never have come together and, and, come, and you know, we wouldn't have got the result that we needed to get. So it's the same way with our purpose and our, us achieving our goals. There is no part of it that is us doing every single bit because we are not skilled to do everything. Um, God, God can give us, he gives us the grace to push beyond our limits. He gives us the strength to push beyond our limits, but he doesn't allow us to do everything ourselves because when we do, when we feel that we've done it all ourselves, the focus goes away from him and goes on to us. Therefore, God will never allow us to be 100% all in this because he knows he knows the human nature. He knows that what 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 sin is that? That's just the sin of it, it's it's pride. There is a sin, that that old ugly sin of pride will rear its head and say, "Boy, you did good," <laughs> and and then it becomes all about you. Mm-hmm. Now, so uh, so you brought me to to my scripture and i had so one of mine was romans 12 16 be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but kind of saying to men of low estate be not wise in your own conceits so what you were talking about to summarize it was you can't do great things being high-minded because you have to humble yourself enough to then be able to relate to other people and when we try and be self-made we try and separate ourselves from people right oh, i can't yeah i can't talk to them people because you know i'm above that now i drive this certain car so i can't be associated with these people right i go to this type of restaurant i stay in this type of neighborhood to let me put a boundary around myself because certain people can't <laughs> it's like if they don't my level. People, yeah, yeah. You know the certain people are in your life. Mm. Uh, and and so that's what stops us from really achieving what we want to because we're so uh we're so high minded that we're not of any worth or value to people because we're all about our image that we're trying to sell. But what you were 
what you were saying, it's important for people to know that whatever it is that they feel compelled to do, it won't happen just on your own. But the other thing I was thinking about is with pride. So pride can work two ways. You can be so prideful that you can't help. I mean, you be so prideful that, that yeah, you can't help other people because you all in it for yourself. But your pride can also block people that are trying to help you, that their blessing is attached to you. So some people are sent to bless you because that's what God called them to do. And with you being so prideful, you're blocking their blessing because they're trying to bless you so you can go further into what God is calling you to do. Too. Yeah. So when we, when people say, hey, you know, can, can I help? Or I want to, you know, I'm real inspired by what you do. You know, can I just come on? Like, you don't even have to pay me to do that. Like, nah, man, I got it. I'm cool, man. You know, and we could be blocking our blessing. Yeah. And we don't think about it that way because it's just like, nah, man, I don't want to be no burden on nobody. I don't want to. Uh, and when you to a point where you're really trying to walk in what God has for you, you really start to humble yourself. And when people say like, hey, man, can I help you with something? You're like, mm-hmm, yes. Come help me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you accept all the help you yeah. need because you're like, I can't do this on my own. So, yes, I need as many people that want to come come help because then you understand that it's a reciprocal thing yeah helping you helps you but then the thing that they may need that you can help them with and so it's a it's a exchange but too often we help with conditions yes i'll do this but okay you know if what i need you something that fine, yeah you're gonna you know or i'm gonna do this but you know you're gonna cut me, you know, you're going to give me like something off the top or whatever, give me a kickback. Yeah. And, and so we make all these deals that are less about the people that we involved in and just about the money part. Because yeah. some things that God wants you to do may not have money attached to it. That doesn't mean that you won't get any value from it or you won't have some money down the line, but he's not connecting you with people for that reason. He's connecting you with them because it's something that you have that they need and vice versa and so you're helping to build them yeah but god is the foundation so then you can help build them because y'all both building off the same foundation yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna go i know you got some stuff yeah no you just you just set me up for a future podcast because <laughs> what we're talking about here we, we're talking about something that a lot of people Again, another scripture that, that, that people throw out there, money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. But, we, but what we're talking about here is money is also the root of misblessings. Money is also the root of missed purpose. Why? Because when you said it, usually... When we, someone approaches you and says, let me help, our immediate thought is, but I can't compensate you. I, I don't have anything to give you for this time and effort that you're, gonna, you're sowing into me or this 
investment that you are making in me, mm-hmm. not realizing that God may have already laid it on their heart and made the investment on your behalf. So they are willing to pay back into you because God has already sown into them. Because we take on that responsibility thinking that it's, it's for us to make the payment, to compensate the person. We shut down the blessing before it even gets to us. And we therefore miss the blessing that is coming and ultimately can veer ourselves off our purpose and fall short of our purpose because we've cut it short. So sometimes that money, it's, it's the, like I said, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root of missed purpose as well. Because again, like you said, if you, if you flip it, sometimes some people do not want to accept help because they think, well, if I accept your help, I have to give you some of the equity in this or some of whatever value is going to be created in this. But if we understand how God works, he says that he will fill our cups till it's running over. He said he will give to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So meaning when you are walking in your blessing, when you are walking in your purpose, it doesn't matter if you have to give equity because the equity that you will give is from the overflow that God has already made available to you. That is why God says that it will overflow because God knows that whatever he is pouring into you is not just for you. He needs it to overflow and to hit the people around you so that people can get a taste of his goodness. And when we take it back, to the Old Testament where it says, you, oh, look, look, you, you, you preach it, you preach it, you preach it, go ahead. <laughs> it says, oh, come and t- see, and oh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. That overflow mm-hmm. is for people mm-hmm. to get a taste so that they can come and see that the Lord is good. And I'm going to start there. <laughs> you, 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 look, what, what my look, what my clapping thing is, what, what my, what my, what my. <laughs> you're talking good today <laughs> talking good today I man everything I probably was going to say afterwards you kind of say it right now <laughs> because the runs over I was about to say that about, that it runs over not for you but for the other people yeah but what you said it is so true and that's how you know people that have the right foundation a lot of people they don't want to go into business because they think all business people are the same and they're all about the money but it's not it's certain people that are all about having a good foundation or godly foundation and helping others yeah i'm not saying every person is like that but they there are people that that's their foundation and so when you when you see people operating from that, they have a certain level of I don't want to say peace, but it's a it's a confidence, it's a an assurance. I guess that's the that's the word to, to use. That 
what they're doing is not for them. And whatever comes their way, it is coming their way so then they can give it back out. Yeah. So it's like, let me find ways that I can bring in more so then I can help more with other people. And most people don't think that way in a business sense. Mostly business is, it's all about how can I get the most amount of money <laughs> for the lowest overhead yeah. and save the most of it for myself. That's yeah. typically how business is, um, is formulated. But that's not the intent behind it because if you don't have a strong enough why, eventually the money will not be enough for you to stay in business. It has to be a bigger thing for you to, to really be connected to, to keep going forward into it. Because after a while, if you do become successful and you're making all this money, then buying all these different things and going on trips, all that will get old after a while. Mm-hmm. And so then what you're going to do, you're going to buy, buy another house. You're going to buy two, three more cars. You're going to, gonna go you gonna you know and so it, it it becomes then you have to keep one up in yourself so i did that okay how can i go above yeah. this and go that and and it's fleeting because it's just empty like none of those things have any value other than what you what it costs for you to purchase it but our value with god never loses value he he you know, he looks at us as priceless, but we don't think of ourselves that way. Yeah. So that's why when he said we were bought with a price, it's not a quantifiable price. He just saying that I was willing to pay for you, that you can have the life that I've intended for you to have if you want to be under my ownership. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh, man, you, you got places. Go, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, keep, so, keep talking. You're talking yeah, good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I because we don't want to want to be under anybody's ownership. That's why we lose our value. So we depreciate because we don't have the right value on us. With people, our value changes. So like for certain environments I'm in, my value is a little different than others, but it's just because of what they believe I can do. Right. I've done in the past. And so then my evaluation is different. People that know me, their valuation is different too. It's not like lower, but it's like, oh, that's just, you know, yeah. so it's not like, oh, you know, it's not like all about the, the resume or whatever, or Consumers or degrees, people just see you as a, as people, and I think we get so wrapped up into what our names say or what's behind our yeah. name, in front of our name, and stuff like. Yeah, I really don't care. Like, only reason I use it just because because you started with, so that's why I say. Oh no, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what is funny? Because we what you what you were saying right there, it comes back to again what we've talked about that we live in a world that has built capitalist structures into everything. And even when we look at people, we look at people yep. from a capitalist perspective. So mm -hmm. when, you, when we meet people, 
-hmm. we apply the law of supply and demand on people. So when I meet you, depending on what I need right now, depending on what my what my demand is right now, your value will differ to me. So if I'm in a room, if I'm in a room and I need therapy and I'm surrounded by 20 therapists, then you'll be lucky if if you get $100 an hour out of me. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a room and I'm surrounded and I need therapy and I'm surrounded by a hundred engineers and one therapist, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that therapist can Mm -hmm. suddenly command a thousand dollars an hour because he is the Mm -hmm. only one able to supply what I need at the time. So he's, Mm -hmm. so the value goes up and that's, that is genuinely how we as a society look at people. That is how, and again, we play into this capitalist structure and therefore as individuals, we say, well, I know what I've got to do. I've got to be, I've got to create a a niche where I am in such high demand, my value goes up and hey, presto, all of a sudden I am self-made. It all goes back to that. But, um, my, my second scripture said, unless the Lord has helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. And that's Psalm 94, 17. I tie it back to our other podcast episode, uh, The Graveyard of Talent. Yep. Because unless the Lord is built, unless the Lord builds the foundation, foundations, unless the Lord brings the people to build the structure, mm-hmm. the structure will not, be, will not com- be completed and will not fulfill its purpose. And where does that purpose end up? That purpose ends up, as we said, in the grave. So that scripture kind of jumped out to me because it, it just felt like it tied a lot of things that we've talked about in the same, that mm-hmm. your end point will be determined by the help or, or the source, as you guys said on the live, your mm-hmm. end point will be decided by the source that you decide to connect to. Is that source your own self-confidence and pride? And is it, are you driving it from your own personal desire or is your, your source God? And if we look at it, we are a limited source. We are a battery pack. And the amount of energy that we contain, the amount of power that we contain is limited. Whereas God is not even the grid. God is the sun. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're connected. Let, let's put it this way. We're connected to the sun. Mm-hmm. The Solar sun, power. Solar so, power. So that is never going to run out. The power will never run out. And then, not just are we connected to the sun, we're connected to the person who put the sun in place. Mm-hmm. We're connected to the person who holds the solar, star, the solar system together. We're connected to the person that spoke and said, let the firmament be separated from the, from the mm-hmm. sky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The person that sustains this, this 
whole ex- this whole world with just one single word. Mm-hmm. So a battery pack compared to that, I know what I'd rather be connected to. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> so look, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh man. So one thing when you were talking about the products, and I was thinking about you know how we and I think you had said it too about how we look at at, at people as products. Yeah. Like. And so when you're in the grocery store or you in any store, they arrange the products based on what they know you really want. So things you really want are going to be at eye level. Right. Things that are kind of lower price and they don't have that much value going to be bottom. Or some things that the more bulkier things, they're up higher. So everybody might not need them, but if you need them, you can get somebody to assist you with it. Yeah. But you're not coming for that all the time. And that's how we do with people. So the same thing. Some people are on, on the bottom shelf of our life because we can't monetize them. Right. So, okay, I check in with you every now and then, but we you know, we can't really do too much. You, you're not going to help me too much. Yeah. But these people right here, they like the VIP section. So they at our level, you VIP, you know, I'm checking in with you. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the people up higher, those are the people that we feel like they're out of our reach. So they're outside of our price range. So it's like, mm, it's too much of a stretch for me. Once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while, you know, if I save up and maybe I can get yeah. top shelf stuff. And but it also is the supply and demand. So maybe people that I put on certain shelves, now that they've increased their value, now they're out of stock for me. Right. They used to be, they used to be where I could access them. And now it's like, man, I, I call it. They ain't answering the phone no more. Why? Oh, because you you evaluated me in a certain place. So now that I understand where I am in the hierarchy, now I don't make myself available. Right. And so some of us we had to transition because we don't know. Some people have us on that lower shelf, <laughs> and we think we here. We say we on the VIP part. And we down here. Yeah. Like, man, what the hell? Because you know how you like, man, you a hard person to get in touch with. Oh, man. You know, yeah. Man, been doing a lot call, call me back. <laughs> like, oh, man. Just, you know, lost track of time, man. I'm going to get back to you. Because they on the lower shelf. Yeah. But we on the lower shelf in there. Yeah. So when you were saying that, it just kind of brought me to that and with the levels. But when you were talking about the battery pack, and it took me back to, uh, for me, I got a, I got a, a Samsung, a Note phone. I've had Note phones since they, since they came out, since the first. Yeah. Phone. But everybody knows about the Note Seven, the one that the battery would catch on fire. Right. Yeah. So, I'm not gonna lie. That was my favorite phone ever in life. I love it. Oh, for real. <laughs> I had it and it was the best phone ever. Like it was the best phone. 
but because they rushed it and they put a new type of battery in it, that's what was making it catch on fire. Mm. Because they were focused on, oh, let's get it down the assembly line, let's get it out to the public. And okay, yeah, we we doing this new battery style, but it we got the out the 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 phone is great. So yeah. whatever battery put in there, as long as it holds the charge long, it's cool. And they rushed it, and it was burning up because they rushed it, and then they lost focus of who they were making it for. They were focused on the bottom line and like we gonna make so much money off this and that. Yeah. Blah, blah. And it it put them in a deficit because they had to recall it. And I literally kept my phone <laughs> until they were going to like cut it off. They were saying, you got two more days and then it will be done. It won't have any sales, service or anything. Like you couldn't even go on an airplane with it. If you had that phone. Yeah, they yeah, they wouldn't let you on the plane. I remember that. They wouldn't let you on the plane. And I, I hated giving that phone back because I loved it. And I had like a Galaxy seven for about six months and I hated it. I hated the phone. <laughs> so, I, so until they came up with the new, the updated note, but it just goes back to what you were talking about. When we rush to be our own power source, then we can burn up or be destructive to us. Mm, I like that. Say that but, one again. Say that one again. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we try and be our own battery pack, then we, we, we can either burn out or be destructive. Yeah. Because we can overheat. And usually you overheat because you're asking the battery pack to do too much. Right. It has to do too, it has to power too many things. Or if you have too many things open on your phone, too many applications, it pulls so much of the power. But, you know, what if you had your phone, but then you got, you know, the, the, the uh, wireless charger and you put it on the pad. So now it can be powered by something that's connected to something that has more power. Right. Right. Go on, you. You ain't just gonna say. You ain't just gonna say that and leave it there. Take it. Take it home. You you gotta take that home. Take that home. No, no, no. I want you to take that home. You you ain't gonna. You start it and then you and then you you just leave it there. Nah, 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 nah. We ain't doing that. All right. So with the with the wireless charging pad. What it's built to do is that you still have mobility to then move around with your phone and put it down when you don't need it. If you have it plugged directly into your phone, then you're limited to just waiting on it. And usually with wireless charging, it charges faster. So if you connect it to God, then God can recharge you wherever you go. Mm. But if you rely on your own source, it's only so far you can go because that cord gonna cut you off from where you can go. Right, right, right. And then you're gonna have to just wait on it because then you're like, okay, let me plug it in, let me plug the cord in. Now you gotta sit there. And like, okay, how many more minutes? I got 30, okay. Let me. <laughs> yeah, 
I be getting mad, brother. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm going to get 70%. It's been like, it's be like an hour. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how we do. But, and then, or some of us, and I, I don't know if you do this with your phone, but I, I know I'm guilty of doing it. I will run it all the way down to the almost time for it to cut off. Like, I will be on 5%. <laughs> no, I need to put it on charge. They're like, no, I got okay. I can, I can do like I can listen to one more thing, or I can look up something else. So I got, I got about ten more minutes, and then before you know it, then the screen flashes. Just, yeah, screen goes blank. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, and uh, okay, now I got to charge it all the way back up. And so, a lot of us, we've been on five percent for a long time. Yeah. And we keep trying to make it. Yeah on our own power instead of allowing God to recharge us. Yeah. And when you run it down to that point and the screen goes blank, yep. it takes a lot longer for the screen to come back on the first time and then to start charging. So yep. sometimes when we burn ourselves out so much because we are, we are so reliant on our own strength, even when we get connected back onto God, mm -hmm. we've got to wait a certain amount of time because God is, God is charging us, not, not even from empty, from beyond empty. Mm -hmm. so, so the work that needs to be done, the power that needs to be poured out into us mm -hmm. is a lot more than would have been needed if we just connected to the source at the right time. Yep. Yep. No, so, that's, yeah, no, that's good. No, that's, that's good. So, that's good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take you to something that, and uh, I, I think you're gonna like this one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read okay. this. I'm gonna read this one because it, it's quite long. So this okay. is First Chronicles seventeen seven to fourteen, mm. and it says, uh, "Now go and say to my servant David." This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from ten, tending sheep in the pastures and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people, Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they have done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, Israel. And I will defeat your, all your enemies. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your own descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time and his throne will be secure forever. So, so that was First Chronicles 17, 7 to 14. The first time, that's not the first time I've ever read that. 
Let me just put that mm-hmm. out there. Because I've done that thing, I've read my Bible cover to cover about two or three times now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, for me, I, I, that's something I love to do. Um, but I got a different perspective. And when I was, when I was doing the prep for this, so I think it was, it was Saturday morning and I was doing this and my wife came in the room and she was like, I had this big smile on my face and she was like, what you doing? <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, oh. Hey, what, what, you, what, you, what you up to? What you I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm doing some Bible study in this game. This, this game good. This is game good. And I was mad excited because every time I had read that in the past, and this is what happens when we try and do things from our own understanding. Yeah. Because it wasn't, and, and this is it. And this is part of being self-made. Self-made means doing things from your own understanding. At that time, God wasn't ready for me to see what he was talking about in that scripture. So whenever I used to read that, I was like, oh yeah, you're talking about Solomon. Because you know, Solomon, Solomon was David's son. He was the next king and Solomon's kingdom was, was, was bigger than David's and he was wiser than David. And the Bible said there was no one as rich as Solomon. You're talking about Solomon. I read it, I read it on Saturday and straight away, I was like, oh, we talking about Jesus. I was like, we talking about Jesus right here because Jesus was from the line of David. Jesus is the only king whose throne is for eternity. Jesus is the only person who is king over God's people forevermore. Because Solomon died. Solomon went to meet his ancestors. So he was not king forevermore. His, king, his kingdom does not exist today. But Jesus' kingdom exists today. So what I got from that, and the reason I brought it into this was because, because David submitted himself to the service of God so much, God decided that when I make, I'm going to make you. And when I make you, I'm not making you for now. I am making you for eternity. Meaning your line is going to be the line that I am going to be used to secure the future of my people forevermore. From a simple act of being, and I, this is what I love about the simplicity of what David did. The Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. He submitted his heart unto God. And that was not to say David was perfect. David was messed up. David was a player. David was a murderer. David was all kinds of wrong. But his heart and his pride never took first place. He always went back. He always acknowledged his weakness. He always acknowledged his flaws. He always realized that God was, he was always crying out to God to say, God, deliver me from this. Deliver me from these people. 
don't leave me now. Do not turn away from me. Even in my old age, I need you more than I needed you on day one. Mm -hmm. His heart was so submitted to God. And this is, this is why this podcast is so important. It's why we close it off the way that we, we close it off when we say, do not crucify yourself. Because David understood way beyond it, before it even became a thing in the, old, in the New Testament, David understood grace. He understood that he was a product of grace. He understood that he never needed to be perfect. He understood that if he could just get to the feet, to the feet of God, if he could just get to the to the freshen floor, if he could just submit himself before God, then everything else would be worked out. Everything else would be put right. Everything else would, the, the paths that weren't straight would be made straight. And the result of that was God selected David and said, I am going to make your, your line, your ancestors, I mean, sorry, your, um, your sons, your lineage forevermore. I am going to secure your name in history. And how am I going to do that? I am going to bring my own son into your bloodline and use your bloodline to fulfill my promise to deliver my people Israel. He never took it away because Jesus said he came here for the people of Israel. But, and this is what I love about grace, when the woman went to Jesus and she knelt before Jesus and she, and she begged Jesus to, to save her daughter and Jesus said, I did not come here for the, for the Gentiles, I came here for the people of Israel. And she said, yes, but in the same way that if um, a dog sees the, cr the crumbs fall from the master's table, the master allows the, the dog to eat the crumbs. And Jesus said, your faith has fulfilled what you, what you have needed. In the same way, the grace of God has, has allowed us, the people outside of the people of Israel, that are willing to come to the freshen floor, that are willing to come and eat the crumbs off the master's table, to be partakers of that grace, to find our place in salvation. And this was all started because one man realized that it was not about him. He realized that he was not the one that took himself to the throne of Israel. He was put on the throne of Israel by God. He realized that he, because he, his submission and his willingness to accept that there was one before him, even when he met Saul in the cave and could have killed Saul, he said, let me not touch the Lord's anointed because God mm -hmm. chose Saul. His heart was in, so connected to God, so submitted to God, so he realized how important it was to honor God in, in these areas that he was able to establish his name. He allowed God to establish his name forevermore. Okay, so, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna lead off with this because you just said so much. <laughs> I didn't even write those for a lot of the stuff you said. I just wanted to take it in while you were saying it. But what, so the best part of what you say it is the selection part. And I think I think we could 
we can overlook it, but we'll overlook it so how vital it is for everything else. So that's one thing I did, right? <laughs> it was, I, probably, I probably wrote a phrase in like a word or two. That's about all I wrote. Uh, but so <clears throat> with David, you said that, you know, God selected him. Yes. So what I wrote was God chooses us, but do we choose him? Mm. Repeat that for the people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so God chooses us, but do we choose him? So what you, even how you frame David, David did so many things that went against, you know, what, what he probably should have done, but the, the thing that he did have was his heart and then his humility. So most times we're so high that we can't be used by God because, because to be used by God, God will put us in places that the lower people in our eyes reside. So early in my career, I, I used to have to do home visits where I used to have to go to people's houses and, you know, meet with the parents, talk to the kids. And I would go and I never knew what I would get. I, I mean, I've been in houses where there's roaches crawling up the walls. I've been in houses where uh, I remember one, one house in particular, they had a lot of cats. And I guess from the kid a little whatever like that, you can hear like the flies like humming. Right. Yeah. Uh, you see, you know, it might be a family that have multiple people staying in like a one bedroom apartment or something like that. And you learn to honor people's space no matter what the environment looks like. So even if I'm in somebody's house and I'm seeing roaches crawling up the the wall, I can't be disrespectful in their house because that's their house. Yeah. That's 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 the best they can do right now. But I can honor them as people and I'm there to help them yeah. in any way I can or see how I can help. So it doesn't matter what environment is around me in the context of doing that, I'm there for them. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. And too often we say, like, oh Lord, I want to be used and you Lord, I want to bless your people. Okay. That's what you want to do. These are the people you're gonna be blessed. <laughs> like this is where yeah. they this, yeah. this is what the blessings look like. And that's what we don't realize. We want we want easy service for God. Right. We want to, you know, do the telethon type things. We call up and say, hey, you know, I want to bless you sow into your ministry with $100. Or whatever. Okay, Lord, I did my good deed. Like, mm, that's just money. That's not your time, your effort. That's a whole other thing. And so we don't want to invest in people if they're not in the right area code, in the right tax bracket. Uh, the right ethnicity, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to do. We have our checklist like, okay, Lord, I want to be a blessing, but to these type of people. 
them that live here. Yeah. And they agree with what I agree with. But that may not be what God calls you to because he chose you in the midst of all of what you do and mm-hmm. don't do. And he doesn't see you as less valuable. In the same way you were talking about with David, God always knew David's purpose. David had to grow into that to understand why God wanted him place where he was placed. Now, he didn't know all the other pieces of it at the time, but, and so that's why certain people, they have a different level of commitment to God because they know that they are a piece of something bigger. Yeah. And so when you were talking, you were going through the scripture, I wrote down a couple words um, and I wrote, you know, I wrote selected, so I talked about that. But then you said, make your name. So God said, I will make your name great. So our God already gave ownership of, I will be the one to make your name great, not you. Yeah. I, I'll do it. Then you were talking about homeland. Homeland is community. Yeah. So then I'll put people around you that would then be a community for you. But then you talked about security and then place. So you won't be homeless. You'll have somewhere. Uh, and then the descendants. So when you went to Jesus, I, I didn't I didn't think about it that way. I thought about it legacy. That's kind of what I, I thought about it. As yeah. descendants. Uh, and then, like I said, with the confirmation. So anything that God has for you to do, he will send you confirmation. But if you're too high-minded, you won't allow the person that will confirm what God wants to do next in your life because you want to do it in your own effort. And so this this phase of my life, God has sent me confirmation through people. Right. Through all these different steps. Some people that's close to me, some people I don't even know, some people I just like all but that's how my confirmation will come. It'll come from a person and then they'll say something like, Ooh, okay, God, okay, that's confirmation. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I got it now, I got it now. And so that's why we need to be connected to the right people because they have the confirming word of what God wants to do next in our life. But it's a movement to that confirmation too. Mm. If you stay still, how can you connect to the person that had the confirmation? But if you don't move, sometimes you have too many voices around you and you can't hear what God is trying to confirm for you. So sometimes the movement is to connect with somebody, but sometimes the movement is to get away from certain people so you you can hear better. Because, like I said, you go through the Bible, there's so many people that God sent out, sent away, or cast out, and they were gone and separated from their family, separated from their homeland, separated from everything they knew so he could talk to them. Because, like, like God's not going to yell at you. <laughs> he ain't got no. to <laughs> He's not going to yell at you. He's not going to yell at you. But he got to put you in a place where you can hear him. Because right. he that that small still voice. 
They didn't say God was going to be on a megaphone. No. And so you got to get quiet. And sometimes the quiet means you got to shut up <laughs> and you not talk so much. <laughs> so sometimes God wants us to be quiet. Yeah. So we can hear. So, okay. I, I, I was thinking, so that when you were just talking about your, um, when you, you know, when you used to do the home visits and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the thing that kept coming back to me that just kept replaying to me was God wants you to be a, to, to be God made. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to find comfort in discomfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And until you can, until you can, to be who, to be the person, someone that God can use, you, you have to know that there will be times where you will be in the midst of absolute chaos yep. and you must be able to find comfort in the chaos. You must be able to make your home in the, in the chaos. If we look at every single, and, and I know you've said this before, but if we look at a lot of the people that God used, God took them away from their people and separated them and put them in a place of discomfort. He did it with, he did it with Abraham and Sarah. Yep. He did it with Joseph. Mm -hmm. He did it with Daniel. Mm -hmm. He did it with um, David. He did it with Paul. He did it with... Um, Pretty much all the disciples, he did it. And even with Jesus, Jesus was never with his own people. Mm -hmm. Jesus went from town to town and relied on the comfort for, of the, on the kindness of others and made his home where people allowed him to, slept in rooms where people allowed him to. It's not to say that, um, so, you know, let me take Jesus out of the equation, but let's look at the, the, the people, that, the other people that God used. When you talk about, um, even, even if we take the Israelites and uh, Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, before um, Joshua took over from Moses, we had people that they were mad as hell at Moses. Mm -hmm. they, they kept going to him. We should have just stayed in Israel. At least we had places to live. At least we, we had, you know, we, we had food. We had all kinds of food. Yeah, they, they whooped our butts on a daily, but we had food. We had our people. We had a community. Mm -hmm. They couldn't see what God was doing. They weren't able to find comfort in the discomfort. And that is why the journey took so long. That is why God allowed generations of them to die out so that the generation that could see, that had the vision, could then come and move into the promised land. 
So sometimes when we can't take the blinkers off ourselves, because we're so focused on looking inward at what we are doing, we can block our purpose and we can stop ourselves from getting there and God will remove us from the vision and bring someone else with the vision. You know. No, this, this, no, this, this, this good. This good. Say that last part again. <laughs> well, I was just thinking something. <laughs> I was thinking, so we can either cause division mm -hmm. or get the vision. That was where I was going. <laughs> say, say it again. So we can either cause division or we can get the vision. So that, and, and that's the essence of it. Those people that weren't willing to see the bigger picture divided the, the camp of Israel. And because of that, they caused Moses to strike the rock in anger and derail his own purpose. Because that was a frustration. That was his frustration with the people. And he went and he struck out in anger. And what was the result? He, he missed out on his purpose. They also divided the camp to the point where you had a new generation that could see the vision and the old generation that couldn't. And that old generation died away and left the only people, the people that got the vision, who were then led by Joshua into the promised land. And what happened when, when Joshua and, um, oh, who was it? Was it Joshua and Caleb that went to, to spy out? No, it wasn't Caleb. It was Joshua and... Um, I can't remember who Joshua went with to spy out the land. But when they, when they went there, this was the beautiful part was the vision that they had. Because they didn't say that it was a land over, overrun with giants and, all, and enemies. They said that they saw a land of milk and honey. They didn't see the obstacles. They saw the vision. They saw the vision that God had promised, not the obstacles that stood in the way of the vision. And that is what God wants. God wants the people that trust him so much that they see the end goal. So they know that the people that see the end point and see that God will make me to what I need to be. Mm -hmm. So that is all I need to focus, focus on. And everything else, every other obstacle, every other challenge is invisible to me because it's irrelevant. It's, it's got nothing to do with the purpose. So God will remove those things. Those are just minor details for God to work out. They're, they're, not, even, they're not even worth a mention. Yeah, you talking good. You, you talking good. I, man, I had some stuff to say earlier. I just lost it, man. Uh, but so I, will, I will come to this point that I was thinking about in the earlier. You were talking about Jesus. But the one thing 
that I think we forget about Jesus in this day and time is his service to the low, the 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 lower people. Yeah. In life. The very people that we wouldn't want to be around us is who God, or who Jesus went toward. So if you think about the immigrants, the mm. sick, yeah. the poor, yeah. all those people, that's who he went towards. So how can be how can we say that we are, you know, we love everyone when it's certain restrictions to that? Yeah. And if and if God was if Jesus was in this time, how many tables would he have to be flipping over in temple right. <laughs> because of what's going on and the focus? Like he couldn't even he couldn't even maneuver around with this stuff. He would be constantly just in a state of shock about who we concerned about and who we not concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about the promised land and you were talking about the division, so I was thinking about another way, you know, we can't multiply multiply because of division. Right. So, like you said, the children, they, they wandered for 40 years because of them wanting to go back to where they were accustomed to. Yeah. All the people that had the same mind state had to die off. So, like you said, the one that could see the vision could go into it. And then having the correct vision. So those of us who do things in our own will see all of the issues those of us who God gives the vision we see how we see the bigger picture yeah because you know with God you know I can do all things through Christ yeah not not with Christ Fruit, right? Yeah. Fruit. So, in order for me to operate in what God called me to do, He has to work through me, not around me, not beside me. Right. Right. So then, if He works through me, then He equips me with what I need. So then, I don't have to be afraid of what comes next because he already equipped me with what I need next yeah. from the beginning. So he didn't just give me an upgrade. I just realized what I, I already have. So the same thing with David. That's why he can choose David because he equipped David from the beginning. All right, Terrence, Terrence, I, I, I'm sorry to do this. I, I'm sorry to do this. <laughs> we, I know we were talking about, before we came on, we were talking about um, the topic for next week. Uh, but the topic for next week is No Man Is Self-Made Part 2. Because <laughs> we don't hit time, and I still got a whole note to say. 
Because <laughs> you you just took me somewhere else right now. When you talked about <laughs> Jesus Jesus working through us. Mm -hmm. Now, if you imagine when Jesus working through us, what's, what what are you going to see? If I'm looking at you and, and Jesus working through you, I shouldn't see Terence. I should see right. that. I should see Jesus. Right. And. Mm -hmm. Once that started, I was like, we, we're not going to get through that today. There is no way we get through that today. That's taken us all kinds of, all kinds of places. And, and how are we supposed to reflect Jesus and how Jesus, we, are, we are lens for people to see Jesus. So, yeah, I'm putting a pin in this one right now. Okay, I'm can gonna... I say this? Can I, can I say this? Then I'm going to move on. So, all right. So we are his vessels, right? So if we are God's yeah. vessels. Then he pours into us what we need. But as vessels, then we go forward and then we operate from his fullness in us to then reflect what he's put in us outside of us. So when we say we want to be used by God, that means we want to be vessels because we want him to pour into us what then we can then give to other people and reflect what he put in us. <laughs> you're, just making the, you're just making the situation worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to stop, but I had to just say that. It, just, it was coming to me. I, just to I, was, like, I was like, I know Terrence is supposed to be wrapping up, but he's he just making this worse. So what we're going to do right now, and we've never done this. This is the first for, for the daily perspective, but we are going to press pause on this right now. And we're going to pick this up next episode because... Seriously, I did not expect us to go where we've gone today. Yeah. I did not expect us to still have stuff to say on this. And mm -hmm. you guys don't want to be listening to us for another hour and a half, two hours, because we can do it. Trust me. Yes, we can do it. So what we're going to do, we're going to press pause on this right now. We're going to say, come back next week. Tune in next week. For, for the second part of this, because this is something that I think people need right now. You do not want to miss how this finishes up because this is super, super important. This is dope. This is going places that, this is ministry to my soul. That's that's all I'm gonna say. And mine, my, <laughs> look, mine too, that's why I, I haven't taken a lot of notes today. So I'm gonna do this one. So just, but it, like I said, it, if we're doing a part two to this, and then me and you talked about another one that we're doing after this, yeah, just, you know, yeah. just, 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 just come to service early. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have a good time with my house on. You know, I had the praise, the praise team sing a couple. Yeah, times. yeah, yeah. Put your comfy, put your comfy shoes on because you're gonna be jumping yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we these next two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the socials because we 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 we're gonna pull. I gotta go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's why they preaching you were doing. You talking good today. That way you got laid out. Oh man, so 
You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram at DY Daily. You can catch me on Facebook, David Daily. You can catch me on um, also on Facebook, the Facebook page for the Daily Perspective. So at Daily Perspective. Um, and you can catch us on YouTube. Uh, you can also keep up with me on the Daily Perspective, on, sorry, www.dailyperspective.co.uk. Uh, that is where I do the writing. As we said, this month, we are both looking to publish two articles on Medium. So again, look out for that. We'll be putting links in the description boxes. We'll post that on our Facebook pages. Um, loads of ways to connect with us. So that's the way you keep in touch with me, Terrence. Um, you can reach uh, me at info at iprogresscc.com. That's email, our website, uh, uh, iprogress.cc. Look, I'm still thinking about what we were talking about. I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, um, so Facebook at iprogresscc, uh, Instagram at uh, iprogresscc. Uh, you can catch us Monday and Thursday at noon Central Standard Time for our Facebook Live. Um, and yeah, I got some other stuff that's in the works, but uh, when it comes to fruition, then I'll share it on here. But uh, we have a lot of things that are almost finalized and we're getting yeah. some, more, some more help that will probably be finalized by next week. So we're excited about that, and we are looking to have a very great and productive uh, 2021. So we're gonna start the year off with a not a bang, but we're gonna we're gonna set it. We're gonna set, yeah. set it off. Yeah, we're gonna, set, we're gonna set it off at the beginning of the year. Cool, cool. So we are going to close this off as we normally do. We want to thank you for tuning in and we want to remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and a relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all, live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that said, this is Mr. Daly signing off until next week. All right, Miss Dr. Johnson. All right, we out. Peace.